Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. Today's guest is my first guest from Stockholm, Sweden. She has a new album out right now called This End Has No Beginning and you need to go check it out. But before we get the episode started, please make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow me at Parker Whirling and at on that note underscore podcast on Instagram. And on that note, please welcome Lonely Twin. Nice. Yeah, I listened to the last episode that you, oh, I, that cool. you just put out, and I really liked it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Was that yeah. uh, Lewis Prince or Spuddy? Ex- exactly. Yeah, Lewis Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He's great. His music is insane. Honestly, if you have a a chance to check it out, like the production is wild. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I need to listen to more of the uh, episodes, and I yeah. Right on. Um, so, do you have any questions before we get going? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Um, I do feel like I have to mention that the way I found you is very mm. different compared to the way I've found most of my guests. Usually it's like a playlist, like a Spotify indie Fresh Finds playlist is usually where I'll go, or maybe I'll know them personally and then have them on. Um, yeah. But for you... I know you're in Stockholm, Sweden. Do you know what a Panera Bread company is? Panera Panera Bread? Panera Bread, yeah. Have you ever heard of that? How do you spell that? P-A-N-E-R-A. P-A-N-E. It's basically, it's a, like a, lo- like a gl- hmm, national coffee shop, like a Starbucks. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. What and is. I was in there. I go there all the time. To get coffee and I heard your song on there and I so I shazammed it I was like who's this and thought it was sick it was uh thinking of a place oh sick that is so sick yeah so I was like oh this is this is awesome and I went and you know checked out the Spotify and then saw your Instagram I was like oh no way like she's not like a huge pop star like let me reach out <laughs> yeah that is so cool yeah, oh God, uh, I love so that. I was very excited. First time uh, that's happened on this show where I reach out yeah. uh, just because I heard them on uh, the Panera the Panera playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I have to reach out to them and say thank you. Yeah, thank you, a, Panera. Sponsored, sponsored by Panera. Yes, dude. I wish they would sponsor this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, first guest from Stockholm, Sweden. That's pretty cool. Uh that we got cool. Lonely Twin here, indie pop, singer, songwriter, producer, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, this End Has No Beginning is your debut album that came out July 7th. Uh, after hearing, um, thinking of a place at Panera, I went and listened to the whole thing, and it's awesome. Every song is a bop. I think Thinking of a Place might be, might be my favorite, right next to uh, Hurts Like It Hit Me. Those two, to me, just like really cool. gut punch. Yeah, those are awesome. Nice. Yeah, happy that you like hurts like it hit me. I feel I I that's like those two are definitely two of my favorites on the album as well, but I feel like hurts like it hit me hasn't gotten like the the spotlight that it deserves, I think. So that's cool. It is funny how that can happen where as you know the artist has a favorite that doesn't end up being like the front and center song and I I wonder why that is definitely it's so confusing like it's so fucking confusing i'm like that's why 
Like I listen also by the way I listen to your music. I think it sounds so sick. Like oh, I really thank like that you. your your EP that you put out. Yeah. I appreciate But it. Isn't that so it's so difficult when to decide what song to focus on because all the songs are special to you and you're trying to have this objective view on it. But it's so it's so different than when it comes out like which song people responds to uh, the most. Yeah, you you think you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden the world comes back, and they're like, "Nope, it's this one." Exactly. No, I've decided that I have no idea. <laughs> so. Yeah, in a way that can be, it could be really frustrating, or you could just accept it for what it is, and you know, in a way that's liberating because you're like, "Let me just put my all into all of them and let everybody else sort of decide what they think is the one." Definitely, I think if you manage to become an artist where people act that retain like get fans where people actually listen to the album then i think that can be a fun way of just seeing like what resonates with people but i mean it can also be hard because it's more and more difficult to to get fans who will like invest in that in that way um because now it, but yeah because then you have to kind of guess which song is going to do the best and then and then because not every song gets the same push but But yeah, I do think it's fun. It's kind of like a guessing game. Yeah. It's always a fun surprise to see. Yeah. Someone was telling me that it would be kind of boring if everybody agreed on what the best song was. It's a little more fun when, you know, you have eight songs that everybody of different styles like uh and there's like a debate happening on which one they think is more is better and that can be like definitely it could be a fun little thing for the the audience you know the fans to deal with or to go through is like you know debating which one they think is the best because it's hard to pick definitely yeah it's so hard and oh my god there's so much music that like some people would love my music and other people would hate it you know it's always just about opinion um, yeah that's true yeah. i mean you can't help if people don't like it and It's easy to take it personally, but at the end of the day, there's there's bands and there's songs that you and I don't like, and it's not hurting them any, you know. No, exactly, exactly. Um, I did want to ask about the writing and the recording process behind yeah. this album. I mean, debut album. Uh, first of all, there's always a little bit of pressure going into there. Did you feel that at all? Was it external, internal, or were you just like ready to go? Definitely pressure, uh, internal mostly. I would say because I I think the process is, was just like kind of messy because I am uh, I I also I also write and produce a lot for other artists and stuff and I and I did that um, a lot more in the beginning. But I always wanted to also make my project and uh, and then I I like started doing it more and more. But it was so difficult to allow myself to take time to work work on Lonely Twin. And then, but then I signed I signed my deal with Ultra, and then I get got someone else on board who was like, "We need something from you," and that helped me a lot. Um, even if like they didn't pressure me that much either, I felt like it was still like very much driven by me. That extra push. Yeah, but just getting someone who is gonna expect something from you. Right. I, at that point, I I really needed it because even though I was signed to a publisher, like they would. 
asked me if I wanted to do like sessions with other people and it was so difficult to allow myself to be like no no I'm gonna take time uh, for this thing that I don't even know what it's gonna be yet or yeah but but I felt like I really needed it and I've always needed also time to just sit by myself and and write whatever I wanted and and stuff so but so so all the songs it, I made the album during such a such a long period of time and at first I didn't know if it was going to be like two EPs or we we're just going to do singles and stuff but then all of a sudden it was like oh well we have we have these 10 songs I had already released a couple of them as singles but then it all of a sudden it just kind of made sense that that we we were like like okay but this is an album actually so let's let's just put it out as an album and and uh, yeah then i definitely felt the pressure when that was <laughs> decided uh, so but it is uh it's funny how those things will will come together last minute where you think uh oh, we'll just do a few singles or an ep or whatever and then suddenly you realize you do have you know a good chunk of songs that you're sitting on and maybe it makes sense to just throw them out all into one into one project definitely and i but i think and i think it was a hard, it was a hard choice because i'm i'm a new artist and you want everyone is talking about singles now um, right like to to do as many songs as singles or like smaller eps and and stuff but but i think to me it always made sense to actually do an album right off the bat because even even if I knew that maybe maybe people are gonna miss out on on some of the songs on the album, I had faith that that with if I just look at it more long term, then I think that it's gonna be more fun for people to if they find one song, then it's easier to be like, oh, here's a here's a body of work that you can check out that I've done. Absolutely, and it's different for everybody. You know, some people Definitely. it does make sense to go the strict singles every other month route. But at the same time, if you release a whole body of work, that does give people like a lot of time to kind of digest this this project over the course of a few months instead of like spoon feeding them one at a time. But it really is like subjective. And that seems to be the way it was meant to be for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was Ultra Music, first of all, are they a label, a publishing company? Yeah, they're the yeah, so I'm signed to their label. Okay, so how did they feel about that? Were they pushing you to go a certain way, or were they pretty understanding of what you wanted to do? No, they they were actually very much they like left it up to me, uh, and and my manager that I was working with at, at the time was also he was he was very good at that. He made sure very clearly that it's like you are not going to let them have have a too much of a say. Like you have to decide. <laughs> Um, and that was really good. Like I needed to hear that. Um, but then, but then it, it was a classic situation, and this has happened for me every time I've signed anywhere when I signed my publishing deal as well. That um, my A and R left, or like because uh, Sony bought Ultra, and then she went to work at the publishing only. Oh, no. So yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a classic tale. <laughs> it happened when <laughs> I signed to signed to Warner as well uh, both times, but. So and what do you do in that situation? Um, I I think that I was lucky, but I, because I had already um, gotten far, we already had I already had all of the songs, I think. And since I do so much um, uh, on my own, like I produce and write and, and everything, I've only had a few collaborators. Um, it was 
it was easier for me to to work around and also I had made such a good connection with the with Marnie who works at the um, creative department at Ultra and she helped me a ton she she basically A&R'd when uh, when my old A&R left gotcha so it yeah. was a relatively smooth transition yeah yeah like it was okay it's always it's always tough when there are changes like that and you definitely need someone to vouch for you like if I wouldn't have had Marnie I would have been pretty confused about what was <laughs> happening or I was confused but uh, right. I mean the, the album got out so so what kind of advice would you have for an artist that is going through the process of maybe they're going to sign with a label or there are a few labels that are reaching out to them and all of that like what would be your advice having gone through that a few times to an artist that has no idea what they're getting into yeah Oh my god, there's so there are so many advice, so much to say about that. I think, but I think definitely the first thing is to make sure that they are actually invested in the music and and that they that they genuinely love uh, the music that you're making, uh, so that so that you don't and hopefully you already have music to show. So. So it doesn't because that can happen sometimes if you don't have a lot of music like for example if you gain a ton of following and stuff and then and then labels reach out to you and they want to sign you and then when you've signed they're like oh but we think that you should go in this direction and it's something completely opposite from mm. what you want. Um so I think yeah in the best case best case just like have have songs or or at least a vision of what you want. And um and then and then but then like what happened to me that that person that you sign with like you always have to have a good connection with the person who's going to be your person but that person can also always leave and that's happened to me um so and in that case i think it is so important to to have to have a good deal as well you know like always always get a good lawyer like and 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 try to get some extra money together to actually get a good lawyer and ask around so you find someone who know what they're talking about. Um, and never trust just just a manager to negotiate that f- for you, I would say, because some a lot of managers think that they know, know a lot of what should be in the contract, and then uh, you end up realizing that it wasn't very, wasn't very good. Um yeah, so if your if your person leaves, like for example, like make sure that you get some actual money out of it. I would say, yeah, I um, mean, that that would be the main thing because you are you are supposed to like that would be the main thing that you're getting out of uh, making a record deal is actually getting some money up front that you can put it like put back into your project. Right, nobody's going to advocate for you more than yourself. No, exactly, and that's still the same when you sign. Like when wh- wherever you sign, it's you are still going to be the main, you should be the, the driver, you know, like you you should be the boss of the project no matter what, I think. Like I know that, that some labels might think differently and like to, some A&Rs really like to decide and be involved in that way, but I think that it, it usually goes, uh, does better when when the artist is still like in bo- the boss of the project. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that, most likely everything you did up to that point was through your decision making. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense just because you signed with a label that suddenly you're kicking your feet back and you know, you're just hanging out while they drive the ship and you probably don't want that because they're just going to take advantage of you. 
Yeah, and sometimes it's, it becomes even more difficult because if you're just doing it by yourself, you can kind of have like a trial and error thing. Like that's always what happens. You try stuff and then you see what works and what what was a good fit for you. But all of a sudden when you when you sign, you're going to have a bunch of other people actually asking you like what what do you want? What do you think it's going to look like? What should it sound like? What what's your end end goal here? And that can be kind of and if you and if you haven't thought about that and I struggled with that a lot. I was like I I generally have struggled with just voicing my goals and actually mapping out what what I what I want. Um and but if you if you don't know that then then it's easy for other people to give you advice and and like don't and I would say also just like try try to find it within yourself as well because even if some some people give good advice but sometimes it's not it's not what you it's not what you want and you try it because you're like oh well maybe maybe you know better and then it doesn't end up uh, good you know <laughs> you look back and it was like oh this wasn't me at all right at least when you are by yourself at that trial and error phase like you said is it's all on you so at the end of the day whether you like what you did or not you can you can at least rest knowing that it was your decision to do it as opposed to being coaxed into it by somebody else. Exactly, exactly. And I think you get there quickly by trying that yourself in, instead of trying everyone else's opinions, you know. Right, exactly. I apologize to any listeners if you're hearing like a saw taking down a tree because <laughs> there's some sort of construction going on outside of course uh it always happens to be right when i'm going to do a podcast yeah <laughs> um uh one quick question so i don't know there's a couple times where i was saying something and i heard my voice in your speaker or your thing can you make sure just that it's not coming out of your speakers mm, yeah no it's not, it's not okay coming out. it must just yeah. be zoom because that happens sometimes but i always want to double check but yeah, my headphones are very close, so I don't think it's... Like, perfect. Uh, it's probably Zoom. It'll do that sometimes. Anyway, uh, one question I do have for you is, uh, what song gave you the most trouble and why? Ooh. What a good question. Hmm. Maybe one that was just difficult to create or difficult to maybe last minute got on the album and didn't maybe you didn't think it was going to yeah let me look at let me just look at the album because i have to remind myself um it seems like there's always one song where it's like from the beginning it was always perfect and ready to go and then there's always one song that is just like a drag to like get there to the very end yeah 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 I think I definitely think that uh I think more than on my mind I made with uh, Peter a friend of mine um and um, I think that was the one where we spent the most time like um actually like we were we really wanted to get it right um so I think that was the one that yeah, maybe like took the took the most time, and it was, and I was like, the, I really loved it, and I thought that it was really good, and we just wanted to get it perfect. Um, so production wise, we definitely spent some extra time on that one. Um, 
But then it's actually interesting because a lot of the other songs where they 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 usually happen like I I with this album almost with every song I I start off with a very clear so, uh, sonic uh, sonic vision like I start off with with getting it to sound right um and get the vibe and then I then I do the melodies and and then I like write write lyrics at the very end so with a lot of the songs i had i had a it was a it was very clear from the first demo what it was going to sound like um like with thinking of a place for example that you that you mentioned i mean the demo sounds very similar to to uh, what it ended up being and um and i've al- always liked that as well i like we, when it's not it doesn't a lot of songs like doesn't have to be too produced like there's usually some magic in the in the demo yeah um so i think i don't know if i if i have just like uh, now pushed away all of the hard stuff but now when you asked that question i was like i feel like it was kind of smooth but i think it was more about also just deciding like i think it that part of deciding when something is done and when something is finished and like no this is good now I feel like that's super difficult. But once I decided that, like, no, this is good now, it's done, um, then I just forget everything that happened before. <laughs> yeah, it is funny how after some time has passed, I mean, it's been a good three months maybe since your album come, came out, and you kind of forget about the, like, just some of, like, the sleepless nights and the the agonizing over a track listing or whatever just to to make it happen and then a couple months go by and you're like oh yeah I mean it was pretty smooth and you just forget yeah exactly yeah the track listing thing I remember I played I made my I made like my dad for example listen to the whole album like two times when we were when we were driving somewhere because just to hear like the order of I was like do you think it should be this order or that order and just picking the songs as well like um for example like uh, i will be better than you at letting go i om- i almost didn't didn't have that on the album because i had another song that is uh, was pretty similar so i was choosing between uh, those two songs on which one was going to be on the album and it's funny because that song almost didn't make the album and then and then it became a single because oh. A couple then because just like a couple of months later, I decided that no, I think it should be a, a single because like Ultra actually like they didn't they didn't think it should be. They were like, maybe we should pick another one, and I and I was like no. <laughs> so it's funny how it can change all the time. It feels so random to me, or I think my process is is pretty random actually. Well, it's good to be open minded throughout the entire thing instead of like committing yourself to one idea even though maybe later down the line your mind changes but you're like stubborn about it and don't want to do it it's not good to to be like that yeah maybe yeah yeah no yeah it's definitely good to be open because it's gonna it's gonna be a process up until the album comes out exactly yeah um i want to ask about an interview you did with lady gun back in 2019 Good three years ago. Yeah, a Um, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There was a quote in there where they asked you about how you hoped people would feel when they heard your music. And you said, Mm. I guess I just hope that people can relate to it 
and that it feels a lot, whatever that feeling is, if that makes sense. And my follow-up question to that is, do you feel like in three years, has your feeling on that sentiment changed at all? Because a lot can happen within three years. Do you still feel that way? Like that's how you want people to feel when they listen to your music? Yeah, it's actually funny because I totally do. I, w- I was so I got so curious now when you said that. I was like, I wonder what I what I said. Because <laughs> we change so much <laughs> within three years, you never know how you're gonna feel about a certain thing. Definitely, definitely. No, but it's it's actually it's still the same. I I try to be as honest as I possibly can in my music, and that's that's usually how I know that I've made something really really honest when I get a little bit like when it feels a little bit um, like I get. It feels like it's too much for me to share almost or like the person that I'm singing to, like it would be awkward showing them that that song. Like that's when I know that I've pushed my limit and that's usually how I like to uh, push myself. And my hope in that is that because I think that when you do that, other people will have felt the same way. And like just that song, them finding someone who who needed that same uh, feel, feeling to be written about or a scenario or something that just resonates with them. And then I love, I just love like um, sonic, sonically when, when you just get a ton of emotion out of, out of just chords or, or whatever is happening in the production and stuff as well. So um, yeah, that is still very much how I feel, I think. Yeah. yeah, it can be really tough to be incredibly honest in your lyrics. I mean, obviously, that is the goal, is to write things that are true to you. But what nobody tells you is that it can be really tough because yeah, you don't want... Tough. You know people are going to hear it eventually. So if you're, like, brutally honest, then maybe that person or that event that happened, people involved are going to be like, wait, what? Like, And that's hard to Definitely. do. So was there ever a time where you were nervous about putting out a certain thing because you were worried about a certain person hearing it? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think I've always done that when I even right from when I started uh, writing songs. I remember like there was one song that I that I wrote when I was in high school and I wrote it about this girl that I had a massive crush on who was na- who was named Matilda. And I and <laughs> I said her Matilda. yeah shout out to Matilda and I just said her name like a bajillion times in the in the song <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're and not, like, uh, beating around the bush at all yeah no not at all and I posted it on SoundCloud and then I like it was Facebook times and I shared it on Facebook and I don't even know like we I don't I don't know if she understood like we weren't that close so I don't know if she even listened to it but if she did like that I so I I think I've always liked that drama the drama in that as well mm. i've been drawn i've been drawn to it but with with this album this all most of the songs on this album is is about the same girl and uh, she's actually also a, a songwriter so she so i i wasn't as nervous in that aspect where like she knows what that's like that it's yeah that it's dramatic you know that you want to just push the limits and she i think she does the same even if she writes in in a different way as well, but um, and also I had I had already like uh, we had already played each other some of the songs. It's just very that was a whole 
the whole thing that we did when we wrote songs and then showed them showed them to each other so wow yeah that's really interesting was that yes. uh was that weird at all or was it always like feel like the right thing to do I mean, at at the time, like we had a whole on and off thing, so we would be off, and then maybe we write something, and then I would play it to her when we would start talking again. Yeah. And because we just like loved each other's music as well, and I and I think that yeah, it's it's funny. I think that that would sound so weird to maybe some other people, but to to me, or like, I think that that was natural but then there was a long there was a, actually a long period of time when when we didn't talk uh, uh, fully when we like had uh, no contact and there are like two or three songs that then ended up on the album that she hadn't heard mm. and um yeah i think since since it had gone so much time that's what's nice though how you can be honest in a song and then it comes out like a long time later so the people you write it about they can just guess maybe that it's about them unless if you do what i did in high school and you you name it matilda (laughs) exactly you name it matilda and the date and place and (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah i i was thinking the other day i was listening to some podcast and they were talking about um uh graham parsons and emmy lou harris who were like old country singers and they had a they had a very special relationship um songwriter wise like they were really uh like a perfect match songwriter wise but people always wondered were they romantically involved um and as far as we know they weren't but they were saying on the podcast how it can honestly be more vulnerable and more of a special connection to have uh that sort of songwriter relationship with somebody than necessarily a romantic relationship because you really are bearing so much of your soul in a way that if you're romantically involved with somebody, it might be actually harder to say certain things. Definitely. Definitely. It's a whole other aspect. Like having having that uh, like romantical music connection uh, because it's still romantic, but even if right. it's not like love you know um it's so special it's kind of it's like it's like being in a in a love relationship but uh it's something else so when you work with other artists because i didn't know that you you produced for other artists what do you like to do in terms of putting yourself in that mindset versus something you would do for your own song is it different at all or do you kind of go into it with you know a different sort of mindset it's super different i that's why when like because when i write for others i collaborate with so many people all the time but with my project i i can struggle to do that it it really taught me a lot about what it's like for an artist to come into a room with producers and writers and um how that's a very different uh, position to being in uh, compared to being a writer or producer because what what I do in that situation is is only I only want to cater to the artists. Like, what are you feeling? What do you want to do? What's your vision? And then my job in that is just to to help them get there, basically. And um, and that looks also so different. Sometimes there are artists who like don't write much at all, and then and then I 
write a lot of it, but it's still their story. Uh, and then other artists are very much like are, do a lot of the work themselves, and then then they just need a a push or like some someone to be there basically, and then record them. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everybody but, needs something different when they're going into that situation. Definitely, yeah. Uh, what do you look for in a collaborator? Like, to you, what makes a good collaborator? Um, I think definitely someone who is calm and who's not stressed. I think it's easy when you're in a room with other people that you get stressed and you're like, okay, we have to make something good now and it has to happen. Like, we've talked for 40 minutes, so I'm like, not now let's do something. And I think I I definitely need, it needs to be a calm environment like where where it's just like whatever happens here will happen you know and if we don't get anything that's fine as well um and and I think for me just like uh, like literally what I need because I I like to when I when it's for me like I like to uh, produce and and all of that stuff so I think I love to have someone who is who work with people who are good at lyrics because that's always that's such a gift like when you're with someone who's good at lyrics so because then um that's usually the thing that takes the most time I think for most for most people and it's the most important thing as well like you need the story to be right um yeah and and um Someone who likes to play guitar, <laughs> <or something. laughs> some kind of some kind of instrument, I think is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think mostly just like someone who's talented with a calm, calm energy. <laughs> Staying calm is, is yeah. a good call because you don't want somebody to be freaking out if you know one little thing happens and you're like, "It's cool, we're gonna be fine. Like, we'll get it done. Don't worry." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys start, I mean, you were just saying how you know. Maybe they say, like, oh, we've been talking for 40 minutes. Like, can we do something now? What's your approach when it comes to starting a track? Do you let that kind of find you in the moment? Or do you always start a certain way? Like, how does that usually go? Um, with my album, I usually started with with uh, getting getting a sound that I liked. I would start with some guitar or a synth or some drums and uh, would really paint the whole picture kind of production-wise first. Um, and that and that could take a, a minute. And I think that's why I also like working alone because that can take some time. And when you have someone who is kind of sitting and waiting for us to start the writing process, right? Uh, that can be a little bit stressful for me. Um because because it's only like it's just me like with like other maybe someone else is like oh but this sounds good let's go with that but it's like it just has to it's something for me that just has to sit right like it just has to feel right um yeah you want to have that patience exactly yeah yeah so that's usually how how i would start with this album and now when i'm writing new stuff i'm trying I'm trying other things like i'm trying to just like write the song and then produce them and all of that but it feels it feels very messy. Maybe I've been thinking that I, I think I need to go back to my old ways a little bit again because I'm, I'm like, yeah. Well, it's good to try something new and, and maybe you don't end up applying that process every time, but you will learn something from it that you can take with you back into that normal process. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, Lonely Twin, that's going to take us over to the last five, where I'm just going to ask you five quick questions, and we'll be out of here. Yeah. All right. Number one, in the studio or playing live? Ooh, in the studio. Yeah. I haven't played a lot live yet, so I it's used scary. to before, but now, yeah, I used to before, and now it's like I'm I'm nervous again on a whole level that I, get it. I was when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play a show for three years until like three weeks ago, and I finally, wow, like, how was I that? finally broke the spell. It was great. Um, it was a lot easier knowing like I had a band behind me that I trusted to, oh my God, yeah. to and we like practiced and made sure that it was going to sound good, but I mean... I was definitely nervous. I'm more nervous to go up there solo than I am mm. with the band because I feel like I can rely on a band to carry the sound. But when it's just me, I'm like, if I fuck up, like everyone oh, knows. Oh, it's terrifying. Do you do a lot of gigs? Just just you? I'm I'm starting to get back into it because I haven't done it, like I said, in three years. And now I'm like, <laughs> it's funny because I hadn't played in three years. And now I'll be, by the end of the year, hopefully I'll have played like five. Yeah. So I'm trying yeah. to like get back on it before I get nervous again, you know, like stay yeah, ahead of that. Great. Yeah, it's dangerous to become a studio rat. <laughs> yeah, because you, you get just comfortable. Wanna stay. Yeah, you just, I just want to stay in here. I get it. I do too. If I could just choose to always be in the studio, that's probably what I would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, question number two is what do you think is a perfect album front to back? Ooh, like uh, just like what my 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 like building stones for a good so i always like album. when people do say that usually when i ask i mean like what's an example of a perfect album um oh. you know sergeant peppers like things like that um so but i do like when people give me like the characteristics of a perfect album so why don't you give me both okay i'll give you both um uh okay definitely one of my uh, favorite albums ever is uh, I Forget Where We Were with Ben Howard. Okay. Um, and I think that's definitely like a concept album. Um, I do love, I do love those where it's like you, you just step into a world and you get to stay there. I think that that's, that's definitely a stepping stone for me when, or like not a stepping stone, uh, but something, something that you need when you when you make a good album like you need i think for me it needs to stay within a world like it can't be too much too much happening like you want it to branch out but then you need to also be able to uh be comfortable the whole way through uh, yeah when you as a listener it can be tough to world build um but when it's done right it's it's perfect yeah yeah definitely so- other than Ben Howard, do you feel like there are some albums that really like just perfectly encapsulate like a world or a feeling for you? I also I absolutely love uh, Nikki and the Doves uh, album. Uh, every everybody's heart is broken now. Nikki and the Doves, if, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, they're so good. They're Swedish, and that album is just if if like everyone who hasn't listened to it needs to go listen to it. It's absolutely insane. Is it um, N-I-K-K-I? Yeah, yeah. Nikki, I'm going to look it up so I can check it out later. Nice. Um, cool. Those are some good answers. What? Okay, question number three. Who is your dream artist or producer to work with? Um, I love Japanese House. I would yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would love to make a song with her. I definitely yeah. got some of those vibes in your album. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I was I wrote down Maddie Healy would be would be great. Oh my god, yes. Are you kidding? <laughs> that would He's be the insane. Man. I love I love the new uh, 1975 stuff. It's so was, good. Have you listened? I was going to ask. Yeah, I have heard it. Um I tell this all the time on the podcast. People are probably really annoyed, but um I claim them as kind of my hipster band because I liked them before people like knew who they were. And um the first time like when I saw them live for the first time, they didn't have the album out yet. It, the first album, it was just like an EP and yeah. uh, they opened for the neighborhood. Oh my God. What? And nobody knew who they were. Like maybe three people like knew the 1975. Yeah. Were. But, yeah. but they won the fans over, I think. Cause I remember when they played sex, everybody was like, what the hell? Like, this is sick. Yeah. So I oh. always like to tell that story. That is very cool, man. I they're great. I I did not I did not listen to them early on uh, at all. But uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan now. What got you into them? I think it was like I think with the with their early stuff. I think it was a little bit too too. It was a little bit too like Ameri- American like hmm. rocky for me. Yeah. Uh, it was something about that that's just like didn't do it for me fully and i think in the in the latest couple of albums like the latest um two albums they become way more experimental uh, totally and also a little bit more like punkier in like the the classic like british uh, way i think in some of their songs uh and that just really um like with give yourself a try for example i remember my friend i love showed that, me that song yeah my friend showed me that song and i was just like what the fuck is this it's so good yeah it's funny because I was talking to Spuddy, which uh, was a guest I interviewed a couple episodes ago, and he has the same perspective of you. He likes the newer two albums, whereas I probably prefer the earlier two albums. And maybe part of that is just because that's when I was like really listening to them. Yeah. Um, but the newer two, they have songs I like on them, but then there's some where I'm like, what? what's going on here? Like yeah. right after yeah. people... Uh, you have some orchestral piece. I'm like, what? What just happened? Uh, yeah. But I, I do appreciate that they are willing to get so zany with it and be like one of the top rock bands in the world and like not really care about. Um, I it's don't know. crazy. They are so broad. Like with this last album, like the genres that they are that they are moving in between. And they're pushing it more and more. Like with this last album, I felt like that was crazy. Like starting off with with a song with people, and yeah. then doing like bold choice. Yeah, yeah. Because it's and and then it, they go into like a gospel thing, and then they do like more of the old old stuff that they did. And that, yeah, it's just and even some like some like not like um like some it's not it's not like techno, but it's more like dancey, like some kind of like dancey tracks mm-hmm. like. Almost like a lo-fi EDM uh, uh, vibes. It's not what, EDM. But yeah. What are the new songs? Which one would you say is your favorite? Uh, what's it called? Happiness. Happiness. Ha- ha- yeah. That's I the one that I've one. listened to probably the least. I listen to part of the band the most. I think. That one is so good. I love the, just the violins, like that production choice. I think pr- Produ- production-wise, it's insane. Productions are insane are insane like they are such good producers yeah uh it's hard for me sometimes to like 
get through the the lyrics of that one because I'm like, what? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Um, but it is oh it is God. like it seems very unique to him. So I'm like, hey, you know, go off. He's in, he's an insane lyricist. Yeah. Like when you actually read some of the lyrics, I'm like, this is so so good. How yes. did you make this happen? I'm excited for the new album. I'm I'm ready to give it a shot because uh, the notes. I always forget which one's which. Uh, notes on a conditional form was that the newer one? Mm, I don't rem- I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was with the. Yeah, I gave it a shot and I liked it, but I, I don't really go back to it other than people and maybe. Um, ooh, I don't know. I can't remember the other one that's that's on there. I really like. Oh, me and you together song. That one. Oh yeah. Oh, but that, that one is more. I get that you like that one. That's one. That one is more of like the old. Yeah, exactly. That's why I liked it so much. Yeah. Cool. No, but yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Uh, no, like one, like one production song that um, there's one song that's called uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and I and and I think and I think there's something you should know. Those those two songs are just like, like production, like sonically insane. Okay, I need to go back and listen to them because, like I said, the new two albums, I, I don't know as much as the first two. So there's definitely songs on there I, I just don't really remember. I'll give them yeah. a shot. Yeah. Question number four is what's on your musical rotation right now? Um, yeah, I'm so the new 1975 songs. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the, like a couple of months ago, I was listening a lot to this uh, Steve Lacey album i was listening to it this morning it's so good um i love it i I definitely recommend have you listened to alto paulo no but i saw you post about them so good uh they just released an album uh, and i've been listening to that that. was a pretty pretty wacky album cover yeah definitely yeah (laughs) they're a little bit wacky i i i love that um they're, they're so interesting to to follow um yeah, I'll give them a listen. Let's see what else. Yeah, Wolf Alice I've been listening to. So good. I've heard of Wolf Alice, but I've never given him given him a listen. Oh. Is it is it like really rock? Uh yeah, it is pretty rocky, but the, it's a it's a mix. They okay. have I think that if you should listen to a song called Hard Feelings. Okay. Um off the new album. They have one off the old album that uh, that someone showed me it's called Freezy. It's so good. Okay. Wolf I'll send Alice. Oh, I can I'll send I can send you Yeah, shoot me some, some links. Songs. Um Yeah. I think that's it's also very mixed. I also have gotten into a Megan the Stallion a lot. Oh wow. Out of left field that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sick. That's uh, a pretty well rounded list I'd say. Yeah. The last question here before we go is what is your favorite decade of music? Ooh. And what I've been asking lately that I think is fun is what's the worst decade of music too? <laughs> I think that my favorite uh, is going to be when I was a teenager because um, yep. it's, all, it's all about me. Uh, no, no, I get just, it. I, I, think, I feel that. Yeah, but I think isn't everyone just going to say that? Like when I talk to my mom, for example, she's like, oh, the 80s, it was the right, best. Right. Like she wasn't a teenager in the 80s, but she was like... Uh, in That's what my parents would say, uh, probably. Yeah, 
exactly yeah um but i think for me but it was actually a very cool time from like 2005 to two th- to 2015 or something especially in in sweden i mm. loved the swedish music that was being made then it was like uh mike snow and lucky lee uh first aid kit i listened to a ton of uh, tallest man on earth uh, oh, he's yeah. like a, a guitar guitar guy i was obsessed right. with him when i was a kid and um, uh, jose gonzalez just like I, a, t- uh, a ton of really good swedish acts the knife the knife i have heard of the knife and they're like really dancey right no uh, oh. <laughs> i mean i guess i guess you can dance somebody else yeah, maybe you can dance to it. No, it's really it's like dark. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh but in a very but in kind of a like they have some poppier songs. Okay. Too. Um yeah. I've heard of the knife and I've been wanting to get into them and I've never I think I tried to listen to them once, which is why I thought maybe they were dancing and was wrong. So, yeah, I should go back this, and check that uh, out. if you listen if you watched the uh, the Vikings that show. Oh no, I haven't. Uh, Okay, but if anyone listen, listening, I've listen, watched the Vikings. <laughs> is it on there? Uh, no, so the, the so it's a brother and sister who are in the knife, and the sister has a, pro- a project of her own called Fever Ray. And, uh, oh, I've heard the, of Fever Ray, yeah. That intro song to the Vikings is Fever Ray, and oh, the knife well. sound pretty similar, so I would check them out if you like. Okay, uh, Fever Ray and the knife, for sure. Um, uh, and then, uh, okay, I'll, well, first, I do agree that uh, that time where you're like a teen, that's that's when you're gonna gravitate towards. I usually say 2010s because mm. that's really when I started to get into music. Um, even though all the music I was getting into wasn't necessarily from the 2010s on, um, but that was like really when I got into music was you know early high school or or late middle school, and mm. that's when mm. I started to actually feel like there were bands and artists that were mine in a way as opposed to exactly. oh, my parents listened to this you know exactly yeah it felt so and they were so special and yeah. it's so nice to go back to now because i listen to music in a different way now i think totally. that then when i listen to the old stuff it's like i feel exactly what i felt and it just feels at home and it feels like it's mine you know yeah it's cool when you you know you get older and you go back and you listen to the songs that maybe your parents showed you as a kid or even mm. high school age and certain things just still hit like they hit in a different way but it still hits like really hard like uh yeah um radiohead for me ever since i listened to them for the first time in like high school they've never waned from being like my favorite band whereas somebody like i loved queens of the stone age when i was in high school and now i don't really go back to them that much i still like their music but Certain things you kind of leave on the side and certain things never go away. Yeah, no, definitely. But I also have to say, I think that now is a, is a great time for music totally. as well. I find, I find new songs and new artists that I think are so interesting all the time, actually. Yeah, I mean, as toxic as the internet can be, it is pretty amazing that we're yeah. able to you know, hear music from anybody around the world. The fact that I could be in a Panera... And hear your yeah. music from somebody in yeah. Stockholm, Sweden is just insane. And then now exactly. we're talking. Exactly. Yeah, it's so cool. It's yeah, so cool. Very blessed to be living in, in this time for music, I think. Yes. 
Except cool. if we can get paid, paid also. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> if we can get paid a little bit more, that would be just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Oh my god! Imagine, imagine working in the nineties. The beat like you would, you could make, no, but also like it would be tough. But then when you actually made something, like you could make so much money. True. Just, like, I feel like records. it was. I mean, what do I know? But it seems like maybe the gatekeeping was a lot more intense. Mm, but maybe, yeah. once you got through there, you had more of an opportunity to really do it, make what you wanted. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably, <laughs> it was definitely, it was obviously very much harder to get your music out there. But I think it's just, I've been thinking, I th- talk a lot about that with my songwriter friends, how, especially f- for like songwriting and stuff, if you were to get, you could get a song on just like an album. If you get a song on the Britney al- album, for example, oh, you would yeah. still, you would still like, you couldn't still make so much money off of, off totally. of that. But, but now, if I were to get, uh, a song on the, on a Britney album. If she makes one, what a dream come true for me. <laughs> yeah, first off. Uh, yeah, first off, big goals. Uh, but um, no, it wouldn't really do. It wouldn't really do much. You know, like you have to get to radio, and you have to. There are so many other steps to, that you have to make happen today. If you if you just want to make it work, you know. That's true. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that from a songwriter's perspective where they write for other people definitely back in the yeah, day yeah that would be like a golden ticket for a couple of years you know like that pay yeah. rent for a good bit but nowadays exactly, you know yeah. yeah you you co-write um something on some you know like a britney spears thing it might be cool and you might get some money um yeah but it's like it's more of like get in line, you know, like now. It's mainly the, yeah, exactly. It's mainly the credit. And I think that's that's part of why there are so many artists now because you can, that's an easier way to, you can get your music out there pretty easily and uh, that's where you can actually uh, make some somewhat of a living as well. It's so difficult to just be a writer today. Yeah, the access that we have is pretty amazing to be able to get our music out there. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm so bad at TikTok, but I understand <laughs> that that really does change a lot for people if you're good at it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a whole process in itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's silly when people just immediately like shit on TikTok or, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not very good at it. I wish I was better. But yeah, when people same. are like, oh, they're, you know, they're just a TikTok artist. And you're like, well, you know they're an artist and maybe people just like their stuff because they were good at pushing it on TikTok. And I don't know. I think it's silly to like knock somebody just because of like the way they got there. You're like, if it's good, it's going to stick no matter how they get there. Def- definitely. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. The t- time will always tell us also who, who exactly. gets to stick around. Kind of. Yeah. Cool. Well, lonely twin. That's, that's our time here on, on that note. I appreciate you talking with me about your album this end has no beginning which everybody needs to go check out it's it's awesome definitely gives me japanese house vibes um it's been just a blast getting to talk to you and you know talk about your creative process yeah same thank you so much for for having me and yeah shout out to panera shout out to panera yeah give us a sponsor here i would love that yeah (laughs) but yeah seriously it's been it's been a great time and i appreciate you coming on Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. I will talk to you later. Okay, bye.
you again for joining me for another episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. If you haven't yet, please make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, and you can even leave a comment down below to let me know who you're listening to. On that note, I'll see you guys next time.